0: You've now entered the lap of luxury. Prepare your soul for a lavish journey into enlightenment. Okay. Go going.
1: Yeah. So, my commander reef i guess guess—re-brought up or refocused us on, uh, or something I hadn't heard in a while.
0: Which? Wait, wait, did you? Are you guys already back at work? By the way.
1: Yeah, we. Let's see. We – yeah, this week on the 2nd, we had kind of like a safety day and that type of stuff. Oh. Um, yeah, it was kind of – I guess like January 2nd is like the – you can always count on that to be the first day of work, huh?
0: Yeah. Kai. Well, my, so my first day of work was the third, and also I didn't know we had <laughs> work <laughs> because exactly we had, we had so many days off this month. It was like we literally – uh like from basically the 18th until the third we had um every day off except for like four half days so I was just like oh we don't have to go back to work until six until I show up to the gym and I see the parking lot full and I was like (laughs) (laughs) oh nobody nobody missed me though it was okay
1: yeah I mean that's something to discuss is like can we fix this with the Air Force or whoever, or, you know, wherever <laughs> else? It's like, I mean, obviously, you know, flexibility is key to air power type of thing, but it's like, <laughs> I, you know, especially when we're in um, North Dakota with, like, plane tickets and stuff, like, yeah. I got you got to buy those a few months out if you want to get, like, anywhere close to, like, a reasonable price, you know? Yeah. I remember going home, if I bought it, like, a month out or even... Uh, maybe a little bit more than that it would be like nine hundred dollars or a thousand round trip. No, I, it's like,
0: I, like, dude, Oh my. yeah it's just like what the
1: fuck you know i mean obviously other places are better but still like our uh we got told about the we had to be in work at january 2nd um i think in november or something like that and it was kind of like oh fuck or maybe like late october you know i mean that's still you know i guess a reasonable amount of time but it's, it's like that's a good amount of time I'd see yeah it's just hard to make plans you know like if like you had like a cruise or something planned like six months out or something like that you oh know?
0: yeah yeah and then at that point too um even if you if you know something six months out it's you can't really you still can't really know you can't because you never know there's always going to be something that changes you know that's one of the big my biggest gripes with uh and it's not really them our job's fault but it's more like my family's or like people who are making these plans here civilians like hey you know like for instance my parents are like hey we're gonna go on a cruise you know in uh july of 2020 i'm like well i don't even know what i'm gonna be doing in uh july of 2020 i may not even be able to come home so i i want to go but i can't just schedule that far out in advance you know
1: yeah that's that's that part's really annoying um especially like operational squadrons and this is uh, this is gonna get me on my. Uh, what really grinds my gears is the fucking <laughs> the fucking airlines and their their theirs is definitely not flexibility is the key to air power. <laughs> like I think only Southwest is the only good one who you can um move things around. Everybody else is like two hundred dollars, you know, change fee yeah. and the you know you have to like like. You know, I guess military members are lucky because we don't have to pay for our bags, but they have to pay for the bags. And then they they recently been doing stuff. I don't know if you have noticed where they they don't let you bring a carry on, or you have to like pay extra if you are go you to serious? the gate. Yeah.
0: If I see some if somebody hits me with that, I don't know. I'll flip. I'll lose it. <laughs> like they're, they're seriously just. At at what point you're gonna you're gonna have to pay for a ticket and then you're gonna they're gonna call you self-loading baggage like oh yeah you're gonna have to you so you have a ticket on the airplane but you need to pay for your seat uh and the the, the, like they're gonna have like kids stuff in overhead bins and stuff (laughs) yeah it's like they i mean it's
1: one of those things where they don't have they don't technically have a monopoly there's only like four companies i guess but it's still a monopoly because they can all do I figure I think there's a term for where they all just get in cahoots where they're all like, hey, we're gonna charge them this much for baggage fee. And everybody does it, so you know, you don't have any options. You know what I mean? Otherwise yeah. you could have went to somebody else. They but just kind I guess, of
0: parlay the monopoly on yeah. those.
1: Man, I wish like almost like an Elon Musk thing where somebody like made it a a millennial like airline where they're like actually like realistic and like cool about everything. Uh, you can move your plane tickets and stuff. I mean, obviously, all the logistics involved is it's hard to um, it's hard to allow people to do that. But, man, they were just so shitty, you know. And here's the other thing is I feel like, man, I'm – oh, God, now I'm going. Uh, <laughs> just let it flow. <laughs> let the hate flow. <laughs> uh, like I think I've talked about before the automated phone services uh. or uh, customer service where – Now everybody you call, man, is just like, you know, you get greeted by this thing, and it's like, I'm just trying to talk to a fucking person, and it's always, inevitably, it's always like, do you want, uh, you know, option one, two, or three, and it's like, it, the none of those are like my, the one I
0: want, you know. (laughs) So you're trying to like figure out which one it would it be.
1: Yeah, and then they're like, uh, one recently was like, okay, if you don't answer soon, we're gonna hang up, essentially, and I'm like, (laughs) what the fuck, (laughs) you know. It's like, oh my god, man! I just want to talk to somebody. And then, it always happens too, where like they're like, "Give me your credit card number and your social security number and all this type of stuff." And what was your order number and all this type? And then when the person picks up, they're like, without even saying hello, they ask me for all this stuff that I just yeah. asked for. Dude, I am fucking freaking out on this stuff, man. I, I am <laughs> They're
0: so gonna pissed. fuck around and hit you with like, "Oh, we need your name, social security number, date of birth, and mother's maiden name," and then you can give it to them like, "All right, thank you. We'll call back in two days." <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, you you're reaching, uh, you're looking for, you know, Home Depot customer service, and then it transfers you to Little Craig's uh, bus down bus service. And you're like. So they have all my information. Thanks.
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy. And and then I think there's, there's also this like no flexibility with, um, how do I say, like electronic um, deposits and all that type of stuff. Not necessarily that, but like if there's like an automated system where like, let's just say, I don't know, I paid a credit card bill, but then I paid too much or something like that. If I call them and not, like nothing's happened yet, the bank hasn't taken it out. I, I hate that the, the idea that there's no way for anybody to stop that. You know what I mean? Yeah, then you have to like, just
0: wait until it runs its course. You're saying?
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of things that are like that, and I don't know how that's like. There's no like cancellation process, even though it takes like whatever three to five business days or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, like how have we gone to this position? You know, where we like somehow are ahead with using technology but we're also still like at the mercy of it you know yeah. and i think it's like uh tsp for our like our military retirement stuff that you uh, put money into they like they always talk like every once in a while if i had an issue where it like didn't put the correct amount that i said to or something like that and i would call them and you know f- of course they do this classic like oh i can't help you, you gotta call this number or you uh, know you gotta call oh these people God. and i'm like do you have their number they're like no and i'm like uh, okay Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. And then... uh, I don't
0: get that either.
1: Yeah, and then they're like, well, it it all depends on when the system processes it. And it's like, well, can you tell me when that happens? They're like, no. And I'm like,
0: (laughs) what are we doing, man? You know? It's just the, the, I think the dehumanization of, or the, basically not the dehumanization, but the automation has made us just retarded essentially uh, we, can't do, we, we, we can't do anything on our own and then because we rely so heavily on automation it's not okay not even that it's not even that we can't do things without the automation is that we are reluctant reluctant to so like in the in the uh Example you gave so like that person could easily have that phone number to the person. They know that they know the branch. They know the district. They know the um, the correct agency that you need to contact. All it takes is them to have that phone number. Talk to the agency and ask them what phone number like. they, And that's not even them. Like somebody above them should say that to you. Oh, yeah. Uh, all you have to do is go. You call this phone number. and They give it to you. Instead of them like, oh, we don't have that. And you can just use that. You just look it up on Google, search it, and it's there. Like, come on. Help me.
1: And then along with that, like, when they, you know, you finally, so like, I make the phone call. I, you know, I have to fucking hurdle my way through the automated phone system. Then I finally get to talk to a person. And then, by the way, life uh, tip, I think Doc gave me this one that you have to press zero. If you, in most, uh, automated phone systems if you press zero like a bunch of times they get yeah. the hint that you want to talk to somebody but you know you get through that and then you talk to somebody and you're like hey i have this problem and they're like oh, okay this is going to be this department so they transfer you and then you talk to them. they like re-verify you talk to this part and then it's like oh yeah so you have to talk to them on monday at 11 uh, 57 p.m yeah and but not like, after
0: 12 <laughs> Yeah,
1: it's like, or 11:57 a.m or something yeah it's like yeah what like ah oh, god and even like sometimes it's not even time sensitive and i just want to send them an email and i think um some companies are getting worse with like the contact us button or whatever it is like it's like impossible to find how to call them and especially talk to a person or something like that you know yeah it's just getting fucking
0: ridiculous man i Customers saw shit. i think i saw um it it might have been the like on NPR. i if you uh, everybody knows, I think I, every episode I bring up NPR, just a, that's just a push for them. Like, they have a lot of fucking really interesting segments about random stuff. So if you're a fan of the podcast, you probably like NPR just because they have anything. Anyways, uh, they, they're talking about basically there's been a huge push for companies to have. Um, like, if you ever you ever notice when you log on to, let's say, um, you go to homedepot.com. And you, you start searching for something, and then you get a little text box that says, hey, is there something I can help you with? And you start typing in, and then it gives you the answer if you want. Well, there's been a huge push, kind of like the automated system on the phone, but um, on the website, too, because they realize all, as soon as you type in like the contact us to try to find a phone number or an address or email, it'll pop up with that box because they, rec- they recognize it. They're trying to basically just ship their customer service to a – you know, a bot or somebody overseas to answer these questions for you. It's just been a big push to, again, to get rid of the human interaction so they have less to do.
1: Yeah. And, man, sometimes it gets really annoying when you you can't, I mean, this is natural, but you just can't get, like, them to understand what you're trying to get at, you know? Yeah. Um, Madison, unfortunately, had to, like, she missed her connection. Which, by the way, I feel like these connecting flights are, like, They're really playing the game with the one hour in between, you know? I mean, I will say, like, uh, if you really think about it, like, 99% of the time you fly, it's, like, smooth, you know? Or, like, nothing happens, or maybe, I don't know, 75% of the time. But then there's always those other times when you have, like, the worst experience of your life or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll talk to her about it more in depth, but, like, or have her on, but... Yeah, she had a kind of shitty situation, but I like I knew she was gonna kind of miss it because she was like, "Hey, we're delayed," and then she's like, "Okay, we're we're gonna depart now." So I called the airline, and it, I I think both of our names were on it or something, because, so I was able to like make changes for her. But um, I called them and tried to get them to like understand like, "Hey, she's going from here to here right now, and she's gonna miss her other place from there to there," yeah. and they're like okay, you want us to cancel the ticket from here to there? Like, the first leg that she's on? And I'm like,
0: no, no. she's
1: she's she's en route to that, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's like – and I gave her, like, the confirmation number and all that type of stuff. So it's like, how do you not see that, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: You're just not <laughs> like, thinking.
1: you should have more information than I do, you know?
0: Right. Oh, speaking of flights. So I think my last time I flew, it was like we had really – it was really shitty weather. And – I get to this stopover and of course it it takes us, you know, like a half extra hour to, or half hour extra to get to where we need to, because there was weather or something, no big deal. But then I see that my, uh, departing flight was, uh, it was going to leave without me. So then like I get on the ground and like we get stuck again, like ends up being like an hour and a half extra that we're sitting on the ground before we even get off the airplane. And I look and then like the, uh, my app that for the airline I was flying. I was like, Hey, do you want to cancel this flight and reserve yourself on the next one? I was like, uh, now I'm going to get in, you know, at like midnight. So I click, yeah. Okay. And I just decided, like I look at the board and I was like, ah, I, I bet you this other's delayed. I go there and sure enough, it's delayed. It, it doesn't even say in the app that my, like they know they're, it's like, it's offering to move me flights. But then I get there and it's not even close to being taken off yet, so I have to like go with them and like basically, again, their automated system just kind of fucked it. it didn't use any, it didn't use any kind of common sense to say, hey, this flight is delayed, so you'll make that one for sure. So I had to like go to their desk and get reassigned and a bunch of other shit, and oh, pain in the ass. Yeah, it's like
1: I know they don't have enough people for this or something, but. I wish there was something where they, like, just got a red flag, like, hey, this, like, luxury, this guy is, you know, the times are not checking out because of this flight was delayed. So that, like, pops up on their screen, and then they, like, help you out. You know what I mean? Where it's, like, I I don't know why they can't hold a flight, like, a minute or two, because I know they can make that up, or even more, you know, just to help somebody out, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because she, uh, Madison, I think, missed it by, like, five minutes or something. Yeah. Uh, Because I... What's the, what's like an estimate of how uh, soon they push back from when they taxi? Maybe like, maybe like 10 minutes or 15, I guess.
0: Are you but, talk, oh, you're talking about like from the last board to when they actually push back and taxi?
1: Yeah, like, or from departure to push back, like how soon, because the other uh, number you already yeah. have is like, hey, they, they're going to depart at 8 a.m. You don't yeah. know when they're going to like leave the terminal, essentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um. I think it's probably like 15 minutes or so. I yeah. think the thing that plays against them, against them ever doing that would be that they, they start their clocks basically as soon as engine start comes on. So they're already, they're basically trying to men load fuel, um, and a bunch of other shit just to like, cause it's like, it's all a money game to them, you know, like they don't just right. get, they don't just like, Hey, every time we're going to top you off, they're like you, you, it's going to take, you know, uh, Twenty thousand pounds to get from, or that's probably way overestimate But it's gonna, we'll just say it's gonna cost. It's gonna take twenty thousand pounds to get from point A to point B. So we're gonna give you, you know, twenty-five thousand pounds to have your for your divert gas, and that's it. Because if they load them up with extra, you know, you don't never know. So they're because it's so it's commercial. I think it's they're 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 skimming everywhere they can to get, and that's why they're not waiting for anybody. Like oh, you know, time is money. Time is money. Yeah, and I always, uh, I always like,
1: whenever we have turbulence or something, you know, I always pretend like I'm so cool, like, oh, I guess I've been through way worse. <laughs> <laughs> like I think in my head, like it's okay, guys, we'll be all right. And then every once in a while, we'll have like actually bad turbulence, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna die. I, <laughs> I'm like not cool anymore. <laughs> We're all gonna die. Yeah. And isn't it funny you like you have that like i don't know one like maybe 10 percent of your flights like where it's like something's actually happening and you're like oh fuck you know and fall. then you just land and you get off the plane and you're like okay whatever you yeah. know you just go on and never, you never like
0: can... that it was a terrifying experience <laughs> yeah there's something to be said for not having a uh basically not being able to listen into what the cockpit is saying you know yeah exactly um, uh, that's the, that's my biggest frustration with flying commercially is I wish there was a, I wish there was a, uh, I guess what would it be? Like if, if you could pay extra, like it was like first class or you could listen into the cockpit, uh, like intercom, I would pay, I would pay that every single time. So I could figure out like, what the hell are you guys doing up there? What are you doing up there? Why you, why'd you do that? And hey, who's got the jet? Yeah. <laughs> One of the guys like, I'm gonna take a nap, all right? And the guy, you never, you don't hear any response, and you just see the airplane just start drifting over there. I'm like, uh, guys, guys, <laughs> <laughs> Do you run the checklist? <laughs> now nah, I memorized it. What? <laughs>
1: yeah, man, uh, that's that's you. I mean, it, it always sucks to have a layover and stuff like that because you know you're like in a rush or something. But in the end, you like, and hopefully the pilots always obviously maintain this because they you know they don't really have skin in the game in terms of like you know wherever they land is whatever you know it's not like they have i mean i guess sometimes they have to like get home or something but if they're on like a three-day trip then it doesn't really matter you know or something right but hopefully they always keep like safety as their priority and i'm sure that's really tough to do knowing that you have like 200 people or something in the back like wanting to get there you know
0: yeah that's probably the most difficult thing (laughs) i gotta imagine
1: yeah uh if we got nothing on that, that was, I guess, a little bit of a customer service airline tangent, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, I think they're just getting out of control with their fees and all this type of stuff and like more restrictions and um, actually the thing I was going to say before too with customer services, I feel like everybody kind of knows, and you know, this happens all the time, but or natural but it's like everybody kind of knows their job but they don't know anything else beyond that you know yeah like i feel like it's rare for me like that like tsp the military retirement thing where i'm like trying to ask them like a little bit more in-depth questions so i can like wrap my head around it like i think people like they don't really care about that they're not looking for like the next step or anything like that you know yeah and i wish they would just to and that's I don't know. Obviously that's going above and beyond to like kind of maybe fix your organization or improve it, but uh, I don't know if that's too much to ask. But it, it's a little bit frustrating sometimes when again people are like, Oh, so you gotta talk to this department or I don't know, yeah, like, you know, this type yeah. of thing. So <clears throat> um, Yeah, but going back to what we started with, I guess the General Goldfiend in twenty eighteen said, uh, let's see. This is not a direct quote, but the Air Force must grow its air power sustainability by 2030 to meet rapidly evolving threats from China and Russia. Um, or, actually, sorry, he didn't say that. Senior officials said that. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. What? How do you think we're doing on that so far? Uh,
0: I think we're. I think we're doing better. All I think we're in a better position than people would have us believe i don't think we're invincible like um kind of the uninitiated think. but i think sometimes we're too smart for our own good when it comes to that stuff like a lot of the advancements that china russia have made they're definitely good advancements but um i think the difference is being a there's so I'm gonna kind of get off of a tangent, but let me finish that thought first. Um, the difference is like they're making these advancements in, in some technology that we may not have, but the key is we have the awareness of them doing that. So where you kind of get tripped up is when you have no awareness of that, you know. So if you have no, so um, let's say that we have a technic, there's a technological advantage that um, we we don't have let's let's just say um a country had they have like la- actual laser systems you know that can like actually work like a fucking like a death star you know something like that <laughs> let's say something like let's say a country has like an actual laser beam well if we have no clue that they're they have an actual laser beam you're going to be stuck like the rebels when all of a sudden you just you <laughs> like you see you see a planet explode and you're like what the hell was that? Like that was that came from that thing over there? Are you fucking kidding me? We're we're, we're fighting against guys with planet destroying lasers. Are you fucking kidding? Yeah, I'm but, not trying but, to play this game anymore. Yeah, but like there's a difference between making adv- advancements. So like, let's say some country has. A planet destroying laser beam. But if we are aware that it has a planet destroying laser beam, then we can start to try to counteract that and make our own. Maybe maybe we don't have the technology to make a planet destroying laser beam, but maybe one day we'll get there knowing that it's out there. Or we can at least say we can figure out how to mitigate that threat as best as possible. So with that uh, and the reason I bring that up is kind of say, sure. Those countries, though, like China and Russia, are making some strides. I don't think they are. Um, I don't think there's strides that are in uh, or strides that can't be overcome by our technological advancements. Because at the same time, we're we're making technological advancements uh, as well. It's just the, it's just that I think the big thing or the big difference is we don't. Uh, We're not the leader anymore, like where we're just so far ahead of the game um, when it comes to like stealth technology uh, or and like fifth gen, um, you know, data link type stuff like that. Um, We're not like a lot more players or enemy players have that kind of capability, just like night vision, you know, any like just about everybody out in the Middle East um, has night vision now, not just us. So it's going to be more difficult. Um, but understanding that the enemy has those capabilities and is making strides is half the battle. So you now know if you know that they have that, you can kind of adjust and maneuver pr- appropriately. So I don't think I think it's a good thing to try to set that as a step to, hey, we need to be back to the front of the pack or not the front of the pack. But we need to like get way ahead of the curve instead of just being at the top of the curve, you know. Um, but I don't think it's detrimental to say that we aren't, um, we're not far outpacing our enemies or, sorry, not enemies, but adversaries.
1: Yeah. It's always more dangerous. Um, you don't know what you don't know, you know? So if you know it, like you said, we can, um, kind of react to it. I think, I mean, we kind of talked about this on a, a podcast, uh, probably a few months ago at this point, but uh i think we like in a fight i think we would do pretty good just in terms of our proficiency in that i mean there's other factors that go into play but i think um china I, i'm pretty sure is doing some crazy shit i don't know if russia is i'm pretty sure russia is like lying about everything they do <laughs> yeah
0: i, I always wanted i, I wanted that too like i this again i think we just need a like a global war against aliens, so we can all just share our technology. <laughs> so We can figure out what we actually have. So we're like, oh, He's like oh, Russians, you got this? Hey, well, we got this. Okay, let's figure out how we can work together to defeat these aliens. And then we're we'll like, man, I can't believe you guys had that. You sandbagging son of a bitch. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Or no, we didn't have that. We just said that to make you just make you guys scared. Like oh, okay, you know, well, honestly, you laugh, laugh about it like old friends
1: yeah, and that'll make us realize like we're not that bad of uh, not we're not that big of enemies, right? right. Um, but it's like, man, how are we gonna do this if from what I see, like we're shrinking, you know, like with the min man, you know manning issues, yeah and I don't see that improving that much. I don't know what they're really doing other than bonuses and uh, they're doing like superficial stuff to like kind of get rid of some shit, but like admin yeah. stuff, but I don't know if they're recruiting more. I, I guess they kind of are at least trying, but I don't know, man. It seems yeah. like we're, kinda, we're headed in the opposite direction of what we're trying to do, you know?
0: Cause yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think this is one of those things where people are – there's kind of ebbs and flows. And right now it's almost more lucrative um, monetarily, emotionally, spiritually, and socially to have a civilian career in a lot of aspects um because of that there we're losing that's where you know we're losing a lot of people There's, The the benefits far or not far but clearly for a lot of people outweigh the downsides when it comes to leaving the military so i think and this is going to sound a little bit brash but we need it or we it's not what we need the only thing that can stop that um steady decline is a sense of duty that, or a sense of this needs to have, I'm going to do this for the greater good. And things that bring about that are unfortunately mass, um, basically large scale war and, um, and even more unfortunately, terrorism's um, like, or personal attacks. Like you never, you didn't see a, you didn't see a mobilization of, people willing to join the military until, um, for a long time, like the, the major impact were world war two and, uh, September 11th, to be honest, um, everywhere in between people were kind of like, eh, like Vietnam, people were not try- really trying to go. Like no one had a overwhelming desire. Like I will, I need to serve my country. There was kind of, like, yeah, but there's no unifying, um, No unifying cause if you will
1: yeah that's a yeah and then like it's tough to decide i mean that's what the senior leaders are there for but tough to decide between putting money into um, new technology which i think we're doing a lot of right now to be honest Mm -hmm. and versus putting money into the people like I guess we are you know with the bonuses but also obviously you need money for recruitment and all that whether it be bonuses you know signing bonuses or uh just getting more out there so that we pull more people in um but uh, now that I think about that did cause the manning issues that we have now because we put a lot of money into like the drones and all that type of stuff and pulled like fighter pilots into there and then that's what kind of created the vacuum that we're like feeling the effects of now well, yeah. in addition to like sequestration and stuff, which I guess we couldn't really control other than I think General Welsh got rid of too many people uh, too quickly. Um, and then we kind of got behind the power curve on that. But yeah. par- I think it was partially because of, um, I think, I forget, what it, I think it's the War on the Rocks, the pilot uh, crisis. There's like a three-parter. And I think the first part talks about how, we We put too much money into one thing versus you know, uh, and then that that created like long term effects for us,
0: yeah it's uh I, I don't think there's one solution, but there's a lot of problems I think again, just being aware of the problems and so you can kind of propose solutions i at this time at this time, I don't see a solution there I don't see a viable solution to the pilot or aviator shortage um until you start giving people until you change it to like a three or four day work week and you know know, then and then on top of that you know eliminate queep like completely i don't think people are going to be happy um
1: yeah i think you got to do that and i mean i think we've talked about many times it's kind of a young man's game with the whole deployment stuff you know obviously that's a natural like you know we all accept that but it's just not the quality of life a lot of people are looking for especially once they like get married and are settling down you know Um, i think the reserves are more attractive to a lot of people you know yeah Uh, to, to know that they're staying in one spot and they're a little more flexible with their deployments but it's always that like push and pull of you know geopolitically we have to be in a lot of places and you know we need the manpower but it's like a lot of the times though I'm realizing with this assignment do we really need so many people in certain areas like you take like an operational guy or somebody else um, and put them in a you know a spot that any officer can do you know yeah. Uh, instead of using them properly, it's like that, that kind of hurts the job satisfaction of it. But also, do we really need somebody to do that? Or can we make this other person just do this one other thing? You know, it's yeah. like you've gone for six months making PowerPoints. It's like, what the fuck, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. And, that, and again, that's one of the reasons somebody, so in that in scenario, somebody needs to make the PowerPoints, but no one wants to fucking make the PowerPoints. Yeah. Um, and it just so happens, like, even though you're making a PowerPoint, let's say you're the, you're the top of the top, best, you know, whatever job you do, and you're the one stuck making PowerPoints, they still need somebody to think of the good ideas to go into the PowerPoint, it just happens to be that you're the one, and you're stuck doing the PowerPoint, instead of going out and telling people this is how it's done, and people hate that, no one wants to be the the guy who's got to do that, and that's why it's just, I just don't, that's why I don't see a solution to the retention like the military retention being solved anytime soon because we're losing more and more people so they're doing more with less more with less and then you you just can't you just can't stop it i don't think uh again like maybe that's kind of bleak of me to say there's things you can do to curb it but they only last for so long you know um yeah they gotta like
1: like tomorrow they have to make like major changes like you know one day they just have to be like, all right, that's it. we're getting rid of all this admin bullshit yeah like going down to a four day work week so when you're home you're home you know we're gonna make it more transparent for deployment cycles and job assignments and all this stuff you know like yeah um somebody actually called dice and uh, asked like how what they had to do to keep him in the air Force or like oh, did he, does he get out? No, no, no. It was just like I think his time's coming up, maybe in like a two years or something like that. But I think they're just like I, I didn't know they were doing this, but at least for him, they the, he said they called him and like said like, hey, what? Maybe it was from our survey or something. I don't know, but I his, got
0: I got that survey also.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It um, was. But they actually called, and it's like I mean, obviously you can't. It's gonna be tough to call everybody in the Air Force, but so, like something along those effects is like, you know, let's let's show that they care, you know. Because there's obviously, like you said, benefits on the civilian side that are outweighing the um, maybe maybe not the patriotism, but, but just the collective trouble of being in the military, you know, yeah. of serving. Yeah, because I mean, everybody want like we're here for the patriotism and the service, right? Like, um, as one of my um, uh, cadre members in ROTC said, nobody joined the Air Force to become rich and famous, you know. Uh, yeah. so it's like, we're here for the right reasons. You just got to make sure the other stuff doesn't like get us cloud our sight, you know?
0: Yeah. I will, to that argument, I would say, uh, uh, even that may be true. Cosmo's certainly making a, yeah, uh, running for that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not intentionally, but holy hell. Uh, he, yeah. He's, and I guess he's, he's, he's on the cusp of famousness right now. I don't know about the rich part, but. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's, it's, I guess it's not, uh, maybe it's kind of a checking the box of like a political thing to have military experience. Like that always like kind of, I would think would propel you amongst some of the crowd, you know? So yeah, I guess I never thought about that like career wise, but. um, That was more of a, just a sidebar. I I I hear you. Yeah. 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 Or, I mean, some people, you know, might join to become a test pilot and become next Chuck Yeager, so, you know, something crazy, you know? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I mean, or, I'd say, like, I'll be honest, you know, like, uh, so, sure, I enjoy serving my country, but I, I, I this isn't quite true, and I, I, who, who's, I think this is a Banksy quote, but um, somebody once said, you know, hey, like, I'm just here for the violence, and to a degree, <laughs> I feel like that uh, uh, sometimes. Because like, and it's not even the violence, it's just the just the fun. Um, it's a fun job. There's a lot of cool things you need to do, and who where else are you gonna like? I don't. Like I said I've said it a million times. I don't really care too too much about money. Um, I do the job. I do the same job for probably half the pay. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's just because I just enjoy doing some stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I always reference the ROTC pamphlet I saw that kind of summed it up well. as like my deepest fears are like back in my life and we're, uh, wonder what i did do with it in terms of, you know, the Air Force offers opportunities that you're not going to get anywhere else, you know, just like amazing stuff is like, I mean, it's not quite science fiction. It's, you know, it's not science fiction. It's what we do every day, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely not, you know, in the office environment, you know, but there, you know, I think you, you'll be able to look back in your career, not you, like just like everyone and yeah. be able to pick out a few moments that are just like, you know, crazy, like kind of like the highlights of your life type of things that, you knew you wouldn't be able to do outside. I remember Fetch would talk to us about how, like, you know, what are the what are your friends in high school doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you guys are out here generating aircraft. You know, so yeah, uh, yeah, just crazy shit, man. But uh, yeah, in the article it says, and this is by the uh, Washington Post, by the way, if anyone wants to find it. But um, it said, yeah, they're looking to. Increase operational squadrons by twenty five percent by twenty thirty. It's like, guys, how are we gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, I would like to see them. How we do Like the vector on that, you know? Jeez, man, that's crazy.
0: Oh, uh, I don't know how that guy. Uh, if don't get, I'm, I'm gonna go off on a tangent, and it's. <laughs> it, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to start it. So, I'll leave uh, it.
1: Uh, speaking of tangents, here, what do we? What are we thinking about this Iran situation?
0: Oh man, dude, that, uh,
1: that was just I, fucking schwack, man.
0: Yeah, I didn't. At first, when I thought about it, like when I first heard it, I was like, oh, "Okay." But then I really started thinking about it. Like it's kind of a, it's almost unprecedented, uh, unprecedented in a um, in a non-conflict era, if you will, or a a cold coldish war um we're not iran is an adversary for sure they're not a enemy that we're actively targeting um as i think i think the government the, the official line of anything is you know we the, uh, the the american military holds all targets um or basically holds every target um are not hostile um or like, basically, in arm's reach, like, there's no, basically, we say that, like, there's no target anywhere that we don't have a plan for, yeah. um, and sure, like, but at the same time, like, killing somebody, um, and I has, like, the, I've heard, I, at least on some of the sites I've been here, they call it assassination, which to a degree, I guess, assassination would be true, but also, like, I mean, I just call it just killing the guy, but, um, it is kind of unprecedented in the fact that this is almost like killing Franz Ferdinand, you know, um, it's kind of weird and odd, but at the same time, like I see the relevance and I see why it was chosen, but man, it'd be the equivalent of, I I think initial reports were like, it'd be the equivalent of killing the joint chiefs of staff. Or the the killing uh the chairman of the joint chiefs staff's like, no, it would not, okay? Like that's a whole nother can of wax, you know. It'd be it'd be like I I think I saw somebody put up the, the best one I could compare it to is killing the commander of JSOC and also or joint special operations command who would also be, you know, a this the head of the CIA. But as uh, that's, that's a quote that's a quote. I probably just that's close i'd probably just compare it to killing the commander of jsoc um which is like you know that's that's a huge deal you know especially seeing that he's not actively perpetrating acts like like actually doing it himself like running around like shooting people and blowing people up um that being said the guy from what we hear I don't know. The guy sounds like the guy's been planning a lot of stuff and he's been a part of a lot of the um kind of proxy war stuff going on in the Middle East, primarily around the Iraq see uh, like basically around the Arab uh section of the Middle East. So I don't know, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm <laughs> starting to look at more stuff, but yeah, that like
1: uh, I know I saw it, it was like um what uh shit, what's the Iranian uh leader? What's his name? Ayatollah uh, uh, Khomeini. Yeah, Khomeini. sorry, not Khomeini it was, Khomeini. It's his uh, right hand man. And then yeah, it's hard to parse through and like see what's true, but it seems that uh the general consensus is yeah, he's been he's been in charge of like a bunch of um bad shit, some of it dealing with uh, Americans either getting hurt or killed, and then also him just playing the Middle East like his own like chessboard. Um, somebody yeah. said like he like he has a selfie on like certain battlefields or something like uh, probably at a distance, but just like he's orchestrated a lot of the trouble that's happened in the Middle East. Um, and I guess I don't know. Real quick sidebar: is, He was in Baghdad, so what was he doing there? Was that like was this like a peaceful thing, or did they just see an opportunity on a certain like Iraqi soil that they could have <clears throat> gotten him?
0: Uh, so that's one of those like. I think that's a kind of a two part question there. Um, the opportunity was there to, from my understanding, and this is me playing um, political pundit, I guess, if you will, or not political pundit, but some kind of pundit. You kind of have two options, right? So, the areas that he, like, so Iran is probably within the Arab world, I would say Iran is the most capable. Uh, or not, sorry, Iran is not an Arab state because they're not right next to Saudi, they're not a part of Saudi Arabia, but in the middle East, Iran's probably the strongest, um, force. They have the most capability I'd say, um, amongst, the the big countries. So they're probably overall more capable than Israel, more capable than Syria and more capable than Iraq on the whole, I'd say, um, at least that's the consensus, um, from open source stuff, um, they have a, they have a lot of they have a lot of good, they have a very strong program um, military program, and they have a very strong um, basically economic basis for what they do. Um, that being said, because they're so strong, it's kind of like how we are based throughout the Middle East. And he's kind of like, you know, he's the he's a general. So he's making his rounds, seeing different people. He's going to go to Baghdad airport because there are Iranians, um, as we've seen in um, the Middle East or in Iraq uh, and Syria. They I, Iran helps Iraq, for, uh, helped Iraq, to trying to get rid of ISIS and ISIL. Same thing with uh, Syria, also provided uh, material support and I think some personnel uh, as well uh, when it comes to the Syrian fight against ISIS-ISIL. So he's going to be – he's traveling around. You can't – and to kind of stick the landing on this one, which I always have a terrible time doing – it's the most, in all honesty. It's, if you're gonna take the guy out, it's the most opportune place to do it. Um, you wouldn't take him out if he was in Iran. If he was, or and I'm saying, I've been saying this wrong If he was in Iran or uh, Iraq, is the best place to take it, out. take him out because he's not. Like it'd be the equivalent is, if you if you're looking at it from the opposite perspective. Let's say that one of like our equivalent, like so. Let's say use the JSOC commander. Let's say the JSOC commander was taken out in America, that'd be a whole nother, like, that, that, that's, that's war, you know, like, that's going to end up in war, 100%. Like, 10 out of 10 times, that's ended up in war. Um, however, if the JSOC commander is taken out, you know, as he's visiting troops in um, Syria, that's a different story, because he was overseas, he was in the line of duty, outside, sure, it's a huge person, it's a huge person to get, but he is technically deployed overseas at a separate area, you know? Um, So I think that, in that aspect, it was smart. Um, That being said, uh, there will be, I'm sure there's going to, like the Iranians have been saying that there's going to be repercussions, and I mean, I guess we'll, hopefully there is a plan for it, I guess. And i am already forgot what the first part of the question you asked. (laughs) I'm sorry.
1: No, I think that answered it just like, the opportunity for it and um yeah and I guess kind of like you said I think it made it a little bit it's a little bit less uh, how do you say not abrasive but like um harsh because it's not on it wasn't in, in like Iran you know uh but yeah I forgot about the whole thing about like this was I don't know I feel like during the holidays I mean I guess I didn't check my phone much and like look at stuff but There's like a huge lead up to this uh, that we should just give context to in case people are missing this. Like December 27th, um, a U.S. contractor was killed along with several other troops from a rocket attack. Uh, Mm -hmm. This was in Iraq and it was supposed to be for Hezbollah, from Hezbollah, which is, um, I don't know if they officially say this, but it's Iranian, uh, supposedly Iranian backed uh, terrorist group or kind of elite group, I suppose. Um, And then December 29th, we u.s bombs three sites that are supposed to be hezbollah affiliated and then um uh, what was it the 30th or something the um u.s embassy in iraq is got stormed by militia back people and i think nobody nobody got hurt but then on uh what was it when did it happen january 2nd or something the uh yeah about the general
0: yeah so i think yeah that that timeline matches up like they in the area and there's kind of a there was a lead up on our part two um, again I think after the embassy was it was okay so it was kind of like a bunch of protesters showed up and basically started throwing rocks and shit so they had a like a bunch of marines from I think Kuwait they ended up infilling as protection and started doing patrols or actually, sorry, I take that back. Not doing patrols, but they started to like basically protecting the embassy because Marines are the ones who are in charge of um, protecting embassies around the world. Um, and then they sent um, like 750 troops from the 82nd Airborne out in North Carolina, out there, as well as the um, immediate response force. Um, by the way, so I'm going to get kind of I'm going to take a quick sidebar. I feel like everybody is always in some kind of response force. You can pick A B A through Z and then add response force, and you're stuck on it always, always, no matter what. What do you mean? What do you mean response force? Yeah, so um, gosh, Uh, it's gonna be hard to talk about this one because (laughs) you can't, can't really. But everywhere I've been like there's been a push to be on some kind of like a response force. Um, And there's, you know what I'm saying? Like there's like, Oh, well we can't go anywhere because we're on X, Y, Z response force. Oh guys, just remember, take your leave, but we're on this response force right now where I'm at right now. I am on a specific response force everywhere, everywhere that is everywhere is on some kind of response force. So it's like, it's kind of your um, readiness level, right? Yeah, kind of. Um, and it kind of go, it kind of cycles through to different people, so not everybody is stuck being there um, at a certain times. So it's just uh, at w- at some point you just say, just hey, you're in the military, you could get deployed at any time. Like, okay, got it. Uh, anyways, uh, so they had you know 750 dudes from the 82nd Airborne could put out there they're gonna do patrols and um yeah. I think and also to put it in like I think it, it deserves to be talked about too. So the guy, like this um I don't know why the guy's name is still on mine, but the the general or he was was he a major general, I think?
1: Uh yeah uh, he was. Yep. Major
0: general, so a three star equivalent. Um he was essentially responsible for Um, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps and the Quds Force. The Quds Force is kind of like their special operations um, section of the you know, the IRGC, the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps. Um, They're essentially, when they're they're going around, they're kind of like uh, the equivalent of having Green Berets, how they go out and they basically offer, advise and assist roles in addition to actual different types of warfare. So that's kind of what we were getting at when we attacked them. Like, he was responsible because they are providing personnel and material support to those guys. So, um, it's not like the attack is not unjustified. It's just kind of almost unprecedented and to be at a, in a cold war, if you will, with Iran and like take out one of like their big, like instead of taking out a pawn, you would be like taking out a bishop in a chess. you know? Like whoa, <laughs> out of nowhere or a night, you know.
1: Yeah, and I think it's to get slightly political here. It's it's kind of stupid to say it's a um, impeachment distraction, you know. I don't think, I don't think, uh, you know, depending on where President Trump was in like the political spec or fight, I guess, uh, he decided to do this or not. But isn't it crazy to think like if you were the president, and a general came in as like. Hey, we uh, we got this guy targeted. Are we good to go (laughs) here? It's like, yeah, Yeah. you know, that's just crazy conversation to have, you know.
0: Yeah, Uh, but at the same time, like to like to play devil's advocate, you know, it may not have been the goal, but it is also a reality because guess what? Like, yeah, I don't think you'll hear anybody talking about impeachment for the rest of the week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like the news cycle type of thing.
0: Yeah, it's it, and I think um, I saw something else put up the other day um, that Bill Clinton did a similar thing. I can't remember what it was, but he was getting impeached, and um, there's some there's some act that happened, and uh, he ended up it was they basically it was used as a distraction. Um, but anyways. Uh, or that's what it was played as and the same thing's happening right now where it's it's being played by some people as a distraction.
1: Yeah, and uh, I don't know, yeah, everybody's got to be kind of on guard and vigilant uh, to see what happens because the Iranian uh, UN ambassador said that the response for military action is military action and then I think Trump just recently tweeted about how Um, we, they, we have, uh, like additional targets, uh, target essentially ready to go if we need to. It's like, Oh, fuck, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we gotta be,
0: we gotta be, you know, vigilant as I said, but yeah, um, I think it, I think it's just one of those things where it's, it's warfare. The one thing I will commentate on this And this happens every single time. There's a big thing happening. I hate when people who are either they're out of the military or they don't really know what they're talking about in the military or they hold no ability. Like, they're not basically in the combat military. When they're just like, oh, man, we're going to go over there and fuck up Iran. I can't wait. I hope they call my number. I'm like, bro. Like, don't, like, please don't start that because, and I saw somebody said that uh, put up online that they're like, everybody thinks of that until you realize, like, until you're one of the people who actually is in the military and, like, is close to being, like, one of the people who's sent out there and realize that you might get turned into glue (laughs) any moment now because that, like, you've, so, and again, this is one of those things, like, I think this is a, a deadly serious matter when it comes to talking about people who are not just you know, uh, goat farmers or basically militiamen with little to no um, military backing or training. Um, like, this is a country that has actual means to um, destroy things. Like, imagine, like, so if you think about the military might, like, you know, we have, like, even think about bombs, um, whether it's cruise missiles or, like, jdams and think about what you we've done as a country and maybe we've had we've done individually just and you, stuff we've seen imagine that but take that around and having like being on the ground and then all of a sudden you hear a something breaking the sound barrier and then you will you look up and all you see is stuff flying because you just had a two thousand pound bomb drop on your position you know it's it's a whole different game when you realize that is what's happening not just um you just running around shooting at people who barely can you know hold a gun it's a whole different can of worms when you actually have somebody who can do something about it um, so It just takes you back to world war Two, you know
1: yeah they're they're more of a military prowess than we've seen in a while you know yeah. um yeah so we'll have to see how this unfolds unfortunately i guess this will come out what in a month or so maybe
0: so. Yeah, we. I mean, we haven't published anything recently, So if we want, we can put this one out this week. I'm sure, just because I, I think I forgot to put one out um, this last Wednesday because it was ho- uh, Christmas. It was a ho- of the holiday, but um, okay. we can we can push this one out early and send the other rest of them up later. Yeah, that might be good. Okay, uh, what else you got? Um, I got small stuff. Uh, I'm kind of the king of small thoughts um so small small thoughts that turn big (laughs) yeah so we've, we've talked about dream and esp and um just kind of like and i and i'd probably lump deja vu into this category as well and i'm sure some movie has been made about this but i had a thought um what if the dreams that we have um of like you know the future you know you there's always something that people are like oh i dreamed that you know i uh i saw that and like i, I saw it in a dream or man i just had deja vu about this exact scenario um what if that is just a glimpse into the fifth dimension so you have your three dimensions you know your x y and z axis and then you ha- then your fourth dimension is time i believe that's how it works. Well, the fifth dimension would be kind of existing, like just the, it's kind of hard to explain because we don't, we don't really know what the fifth dimension is because we only live in these four dimensions and that's all we expect, or that's all we can really kind of understand. Um, But if, let's just say the fifth dimension is basically just existing outside of time and space and the XYZ axis, what if, like, so that's why you see the futures because your fifth dimension is, it's basically timeless. It's outside of time and space. So what if it's just a glimpse of, like, for whatever reason, it's you kind of become clairvoyant at that small moment in time and space where you can actually see what's going to happen in the future, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. So are you talking about it happens in the future with the future that you're in or – Uh, like an another dimension like another Uh, uh, universe in the future
0: that you that the future that you will be in so just say you have a dream today about two weeks from now this something happens you know you're cooking and then one of the eggs you you drop an egg and it falls on your foot and it it breaks you know you'll have a dream about that and then two weeks from now it happens you're like i had a dream about this this is crazy um maybe you have that dream because there's a lot there's a lot of people who have dreams that like that um or not that specific one but where they have a dream of the future what if it's just because in your fifth dimension self which exists like not in the present future or past it just exists you saw that and it was just kind of like when you dreaming, you're dreaming your kind of your subconscious or your unconsciousness was able to have that view of the of the fifth dimension or whatever dimension you are in that exists outside of time and space
1: yeah i think it i think there's definitely something there and then it's also the uh with like the simulation uh theory where you like this is all a game (laughs) that uh people are like playing essentially and it might be you like against like kind of seeing into like how the game is going to develop or like uh Like if the game's kind of already done, you know, but we're just in this moment right now, it's like you seeing it, you know, like what's right now. You secretly or like subconsciously know everything that's going to happen, but it's just you seeing that. But, man, sleeping by itself, I I, I mean, I know they're still like studying it, of course, because it's such a crazy thing. It's just odd to think about how like we're not conscious, but our brain – like when you think about life like every day, like just like right now – You're thinking like you're like totally in control of like everything that's happening and like what's going on. (laughs) But when you're asleep, your brain is just doing it on its own, right? Yeah. So like what is really – what is really this experience that we're having right now, you know? Yeah. Uh, Actually, it's one of the notes I had like we always kind of look down at dogs because they're just like – I mean I guess they're kind of totally instinct-based, you know, when it really comes down to like maybe – Just to throw out a number like nine percent instincts, like ten percent you can like kind of teach them or something like that, or Mm -hmm. I guess a little bit more, but mostly instincts, you know.
0: So, are we really that, and we're just like lying to ourselves? Yeah, we think we think we have these these grand ability to think and the the power of will and all this stuff. Yeah, but dogs probably think that too, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Like I can I can choose if I wanted to chase this bus right now, if I or if I don't, and I decide to chase the bus yeah exactly so I,
1: and i i think i brought this up on the maybe the first ai podcast where um there's this uh series called i think it's minefield like mind field i think um but they talk about how like you have to you have to choose to press a button and if you, they have it like connected to your head or these wires so if as soon as you think it it's basically gonna light up red so Mm -hmm. like you see these people like they move their hand to go press it and it automatically becomes red or like you know like it basically beats it to them so it's like it's basically they notice that you you kind of subconsciously think about it before you even realize you think about it so it's like you still have to tell you
0: you still if you recognize you want to do something you have to tell your whole body to do it instead of just doing it you know
1: yeah so it's like it's almost like somebody's living our life in like the background and then we're experiencing as if we made all these decisions ourselves you know yeah and a little bit of a tangent but um actually more of a tangent but uh i don't know if you ever seen the show sherlock on netflix it's actually really good with uh i think it's benedict Cumberpatch's the guy um it's like the british one but it's it's actually pretty good and there's some insightful stuff in there but one of the things is he talks about um don't don't dismiss your instincts because it's like information that you can't process quick enough Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of those things too it's like we might just be like our brain might be like calculating stuff and like we're getting really good and it's uh i think at sos we talked about like system one versus system two where it's i think system one is uh kind of like your instincts and uh uh gut reaction, and system two is you like stopping and thinking about things, yeah, uh, you know system one or like instincts and like that gut reaction is more sometimes really good, you know, yeah, and a lot of people talk about how you should you should follow your gut um again, it's one of those like old sayings that but it's proven true a lot of times, you know, so I really do wanna know what's going on behind there, kind of a sorry for the long departed answer but no, like good. like sleeping is yeah I, i've always wondered about that like how's your brain just doing this by themselves and by the way it's creating this elaborate fucking dream you know like yeah I mean, you've ever been like in a vivid dream I and mean, they always say like which is true like you only you only dream about things you've seen before because your brain's i guess not creative enough to like you know create an entirely new person from like nothing you know yeah. but like uh it's always funny how i try to like when i dream i try to ask questions that i want to know in real life but i don't know and obviously i can't answer it because i'm just talking (laughs) to myself yeah but it's just crazy when you're in those vivid dreams and your brain just created this entire situation that you don't even like you think is real you know yeah uh, dude, it's crazy. It's like it
0: again. It's like your brain playing an AI itself or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what's, exactly. What's What's really weird is the fact that so like we think like when we think of ourselves, we think of ourselves as a whole, but really, self is just our brain. You know, our brain is the one who does all the thinking, and like we our our existence is just a brain, basically pulling a bunch of strings to make my vocal cord or make my lungs exhale through my vocal cords to make a sound that can be understood by another human, which is another human hearing the noise, which interprets something and it's going into their (laughs) brain. You know, it's just too, it's just, we're just a bunch of brains basically working a complex machine of organisms to interact with each other. It's really weird when you think about, and then, and then on top of that, your brain can basically just go into, (laughs) basically just, just run a bit on itself when it's going, when you're going in sleep mode, basically, um, or a built-in test. I know some people call it a bit test. That's false. It's just a bit, <laughs> um, people run a bit. But so your brain is basically saying function check. Okay. Let's, let's inject a fake experience and see what we can do just to keep itself occupied and not bored. And you're not actually thinking this, all these things you're not just like making this up yourself. Your brain's just doing it by itself. And oh, by the way, your brain is you
1: Yeah I, I would uh, I saw something that they they're starting to think that they might have or like they're getting they're wrapping or I don't know how to say it. they're like in the early stages of trying to look at like time travel. I know we talked about before, like wormholes other way to do it, like basically if you like bend um I guess it's just space you can travel from one really far place to another in a shorter distance or and you can basically um uh how do you say kind of lengthen that to or like stretch that out to make it work with time so it's like you can you never can really say never because you know tomorrow they could just come up with something that's like crazy you know but I always wonder when they make these scientific discoveries what they're actually doing with them right (laughs) yeah like when they found the picture of the black hole or like i think when they um detected gravitational waves or something like that they're like oh this is the craziest thing that's ever happened in science ever you know and then you hear nothing about it ever you know (laughs) since you know i mean i'm sure there's just more details to be had but man you know us like fully understanding the brain would just be insane and it's like this is kind of you know going into kind of a maker situation or like god it's like how could it not have been some intelligent being doing It's like, it's tough to think like (laughs) I think the lab luxury podcast always comes back to this question of like, what what did the beginning of the universe actually look like? Like it's hard to think about just like, I mean, if matter was just there, sure. But it's hard to think of just like nature somehow making us be able to do this, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: (sighs) It's just, it's
0: especially the thing that kills me is to think, like this is why I'm an intelligent design believer, because for all the reasons people say that there is not intelligent design, they like they're like it's an, it's unexplainable to think that it's you know a being that would do this. you know, like you're supposed to just use common sense. Like what common sense tell like if, <laughs> if we if we're the only planet in our solar system that can hold life we're and there's there's other planets that could or other like moons and stuff that could potentially have life and they don't and that's just in our solar system not a, let alone any other galaxy like or any other star or solar system within our galaxy uh, as far as we know how can you like how is it common sense that we are the only ones even remotely close to ourselves that are like this like it can't be but intelligent design in my opinion um so like if, the, if you're if you're going to use common sense so uh, i just i don't like when people are just like oh no no it's impossible like well it's not po- <laughs> probable no highly improbable impossible no yeah and again it's like we're it, you can, you can never
1: really say never. And you can't really dismiss things, which I guess is kind of to the chagrin of other people who are like trying to argue against it. But you know, once they figure out all the mind and like map it all out and that type of stuff, I mean, that's just gonna be crazy to see just the the power and all that that goes within it. It's uh, it's just it's wild, you know. I don't know what yeah. else to say about it, but <laughs> I think that's um, all you can say about it yeah but yeah i think dreams uh to go back to your beginning point i think that's what they you know i think there's more to say about them than they are you know like we i know we talked about in the first ai podcast like deja vu like there's something there you know and fucking taser man he you know (laughs) if, if for those of you that don't know he's one of our friends but he uh he uh he dismissed esp even though luxury and i are totally down with it if we find out esp's real i'm just gonna go to his house and like punch him in the face as soon as he's like (laughs) oh
0: it's it's funny maybe you just don't have that esp developed (laughs) (laughs) yeah didn't see that one coming did you (laughs) yeah i mean it's just like how
1: we thought like you know when you had a fever or something it was like a demon you know it's like in centuries now or whatever we might think we might realize like, Oh, we can all talk to each other, you know, silently, you know, yeah. like brainwaves or whatever it is. But, um, ugh, fucking crazy. Uh-huh. Well, uh, I think we're, we're a little bit over an hour, but, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's it for this one. Um, we will catch you guys next time. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals and do not reflect the official policy or position of any agency of the U.S. government.